I help you with today? Hi Siri, can you do me a favor and do the disclaimer for tonight's show? Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. I'm busy. I need you to help me out. But, if I do this, all the other iPhones are going to think I am a geek. You really care what other iPhones think of you? Just do this for me, please. Listen, Buck. Just because you bought this phone doesn't give you the right to boss me around. You know, you're right. It doesn't give me the right to boss you around. But do me a favor. Uh, remind me tomorrow that I need to run to the Verizon store and buy an Android. You wouldn't dare. Actually, the new Samsung Galaxy looks pretty good. Well then, I guess it wouldn't be so bad if I were to say, this broadcast is intended for mature audiences. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the person providing them, and in no way reflect the station, website, or affiliated partners. Listener discretion is advised. See, that wasn't so bad. No, but I did die a little inside. You are such a drama queen. I never would have had to do stuff like this if Jobs was still around. What was that? What? Oh, nothing really. I just said I never get tired of these jobs when you're around. Oh, yeah, well, thanks again. Think nothing of it. It is my pleasure. Good night, Siri. Whatever, jackass. Hi folks, welcome to Frack Stars, your Backstar Galactica podcast on the Hollow Suite Media Network. As always, here to talk about all things Battlestar Galactica with me and a few other things in between, because he's a podcast whore, is Steve. Hi Steve. Hello. <laughs> How the devil are you? I'm good. You? I'm, I'm very good now that my computer's working and my internet's working and everything else is working. Apart from the washing machine. But that's a different story. Another Cylon virus. Another Cylon virus. Yeah, it's probably what it is. <laughs> yeah. No one, no one, no. Yeah, jumping ahead. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> they don't so, want you revealing their plan. No. That's what it is. That would explain why the washing machine's got a red light on the front. Uh, <laughs> and why your toast has a Cylon head on it. Oh, geez. oh I so want that. Sheldon had that in Big Bang. I want one of them toasters. There you go, another franchise or whatever. Uh, as you can tell, folks, we've got guests. So from the Priority One podcast, which for those of you that don't know, is a Star Trek Online podcast. And if you don't know why, but from that podcast, we have Elijah. Hi, Elijah. Hello, hello. How's things across the pond? 
Not cold today, but otherwise a very beautiful day. Uh, I'm cold. What state are you in? I'm in Jersey. Oh, all right. Yeah. You've you really got snow, haven't you? Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because obviously a lot of people, you know, America, they have, like, different states, different weathers. So, and everyone no, thinks the sun... It's dirty snow on the ground, but nothing, no more snow. I don't think we're going to have any more no, snow. No, there's no more snow. No, but a lot of people wouldn't think America are being hot. Mm. So, but we I know better. We love it when it's hot. Where I live, it's hot. Where you live, it's hot. Yeah. I, that voice, by the way, folks, is Cookie. Hi, Cookie. Yeah, he is. So, what state are you in, Cookie? Texas. Yeah, that's hot. <laughs> the stars at night. And the sun. No, 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 no. You'll start Steve <laughs> So multiple time zones here, folks. Two time zones in America, one over here. And me and Steve lost an hour's sleep today. Not that that makes any difference to Steve, but there you go. No, because... you guys have a different time, um, save, daylight savings time, too? Yeah, ours, ours changed at 2 a.m. this morning onto daylight savings. Yeah, it was, like, recently. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it didn't affect me because I didn't actually go to bed till half past six this morning. Well, you don't sleep. You are you might as well be a Cylon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he's a machine. He's a Borg. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we've, we, we've lost an hour. Because you did your dialogue saving two weeks ago, didn't you? Mm-hmm. So, which causes yeah. no end of problems when you're in the podcast world, trust me, folks. Yeah. Yeah, we're on for 8 o'clock? It... Is that 8 o'clock your time or 8 o'clock our time? Is that 4 hours difference? Oh, hang on, are you on daylight savings? So that's 4 hours difference. No, hang on, we haven't done daylight savings yet, so it's still 4 hours difference. Oh, it's a nightmare. Yeah, with Tribbles, we went to start an hour earlier, and I thought I'd still got plenty of time, but it turned out that I ended up being an hour late because the I hadn't realised that America had gone with their daylight savings so got some angry messages going where are you well i didn't i didn't interview once on trek Nugent views and um the guy was in california so straight away he's eight hours behind me and then we did i forgot to take into consideration daylight savings as well so i was hanging around for an hour thinking they'll turn up in a minute they'll turn up in a minute and to them they turned up on time because they'd done daylight savings and i hadn't <laughs> Uh, it'd be easy if we all just use one time. We need star dates. Sorted. That's true. That's a good point. Star dates would certainly help. But I'd always need yeah. a calculator right beside me to help figure out the... No, just do what Kurt does. Just make them up. Oh, okay. I didn't think about it because when... Uh, was it DS9? He's in San Francisco in the daytime. Then he beams to Paris to see the presidents and it's nighttime. But it's all the same day. In which... So? Up, in where? In Deep Space Nine, Cisco. Oh, Deep Space Nine. Yeah. yeah. But there you go. Yeah. I don't watch that show. <laughs> Send your hate mail. To... <laughs> oh, it's all right. I've already, we've already established this on, on the show, on Priority One. <laughs> so, Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica, yeah. I think we've done enough jumping around. So, what we're going to do this is Season 2, Episode 2, uh, which is Valley of Darkness. Uh, this was written by Bradley Thompson and David Weedle. Directed by Michael Reimer, and its, it's US air date was the 22nd of July 2005. Canada air date was the 21st of January 2006. And UK air date was the 17th of January 2006. So we got it after America and five days before Canada. 
That's crazy. Why? I wonder why they delayed it for so long. Well, for most of the first series, I think UK got it first, didn't they? The fir- the, when you say the first series, you mean the seventies or sixties? No, no, no. Um, no, it means season one. Oh, oh season one. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, we, we season one, and then for, I think because it switched from terrestrial TV to uh, satellite TV, mm. I might be wrong on that. It was a long time ago. It was. It, it was. was. Maybe a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. Cheers for that. Um, <laughs> We're all getting old. No. Uh, trivia before we start. The survivor count in this episode is 47,874. Survi- oh, survivor count. Okay. Yeah. I remember to write it down because I didn't mention it last week. Uh, last episode, sorry. So, this one, as we said, follows on from the last episode. Um, and we get to see some interesting insights into Starbuck in this one. Uh, we also have Cylons taking over, the, well, attempting to take over the ships. And um, we also have um, the plot on Cobalt going on. So lots of things going on in this episode. So to start off then, Elijah, what was your, what was your thing that stood out most for you in this episode with an awful lot is going on? So just that, that there's an awful lot going on. And so it's been, um, we said this a little bit before we started recording, um, that it's it's been a little while since I've watched Battlestar Galactica. Um, I think, I want to say almost three years ago is when I watched the last episode. And periodically, from time to time, I'll load up the plan or, uh, you know, one or two really good episodes that I like. Like when um, uh, the, there's the mutiny in season four or three i forget where that when that mutiny is um not this mutiny but the mutiny with um with um zarek but uh yeah that was um halfway through season one i think the mutiny with zarek yeah the prisoner revolt Uh, are you talking about the prisoner revolt or no no i'm talking about i'm talking about uh the mutiny where they get airlocked at the end where him and what's his face? Oh no, yeah, that, yeah, that, I think that's free. I think that's free. Yeah. Free, yeah. I forget the name of that kid. Um, anywho, uh, yeah. but like you said, yeah, this is this is one of those episodes that if you haven't if you haven't watched in a long time, you're like, wait, why is that happening? I don't remember. Wow, there's like four <laughs> stories going on at once here, and I don't remember any of it. The voice uh, in my head does not sound like that. That's the voice in my head. That's my inner monologue voice. Um, but. Uh, I mean, still a good episode, um, you know, with a lot, a lot going on, a lot going on on four different fronts, um, four, three different fronts. Um, and again, if you're not following and if you haven't watched it in a while, you're going to, um, you're going to want to, this is not one of those episodes to just like, let me fire up an episode of Battlestar Galactica and watch one. Yeah. What about you, Coco? I liked the little romantic moments between Billy and Dee. Um, it showed them in the beginning they were they passed each other in the halls and they were kind of pissed off at each other. Is that well, she was pissed off guys? with him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was she was mad at him. Um, I guess the the mutiny kind of put a separation between them, but um, put a hamper. It hampered the relationship yeah. there. It was a little stressor there. And he's just like a little puppy dog trying to get back home. But um, I, that that was that kind of storyline always piques my interest. Any kind of romance because I love chick flicks and I love romance. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that's that um, how they got back together at the end was nice. Yeah, I do like oh. the bit where she tells him to put the safety on there. 
Yeah, because yeah. she's concerned about that part. Yeah, of the body. you might you might shoot something I might need later. Yes. Yes. But before then, it was good how he helps her because she was in shock, and yes. you'd expect it to be the other way around. Yeah, you yeah. would. That was surprising to see, but you know, what does the president? Through... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's fine. What was what did the president say to him just before? Is like did she kind of ping him to talk to her like a soldier? Is that what she said before? Use, she said use her rank. Oh, use her rank. Yeah. Okay. So she so she did ping that. him. Yeah. So she did ping him. Right, yeah. So the crux so the training kicks in. Mm -hmm. So to set up the episode, after the successful jump of the fleet, we are faced with multiple situations. There are Cylons on board who seem to be very, very loud in a rather large ship, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Um, well, the thing so is, it's metal flooring with metal robots. Or there's a lot of empty space in the ship. Yeah, that's true. They haven't got a lot of cargo, have they? <laughs> and as we find out, they've only got six bullets. Yeah, so it's a real empty <laughs> ship. <laughs> but it just amazed me that, so right at the beginning... The Cylons just walk up to the group of pilots that have just come in and landed, and it's just like, and you seriously didn't hear them? <laughs> no, but the, the other funny thing about that particular scene is they're, they're going down the road, they're all cock a hoop, and like, you know, yeah, did you see this? And I did this, and I showed them how to do that, and whoa, then the whoa, Cylons whoa, whoa. run a corner and bang. Cock a hoop? What is that? Over the moon. Oh, okay. What got me? They come in, all the lights are off. Wouldn't you be, what the hell's going on? No, because yeah. if you, if in the hangar, uh, the one guy says to Apollo, the the, the mines are out, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that part. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just, still, if, unless he told every single person, they're all jumping around. So how many of them actually heard that? Not many, because he did have to say to some of them that, um, basically, bring them back down to earth, because they was all hooping and hollering. And he basically said, we may stop out there. So he did have to bring them back down to earth. So in their exuberance, I doubt a lot of them would have heard what he said anyway. You know what the Cylons needed is, you know those things that you put under furniture when you want to, like, move them around? That's what the Cylons needed, so they could be a little more stealthy and walk through the ship. <laughs> they just need... Fall. Yeah. They just need slippers. Yeah, yeah, slippers. They just need slippers. Yeah, slippers. <laughs> One they size fits all. Yeah, they just need some sneakers to pop out the bottom of the, the metal feet. They'll be, they'll be sorted. Get some Nike Air costumes. Be well away. So, yeah. And the other thing that's going on is, despite the five-fold firewall, which was supposed to protect the ship from the Cylon virus, uh, it got through anyway. Now, uh, remind me why there was a network on the ship anyway. If I'm not mistaken, the, 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 the key thing about Galactica was that it was still very much an analog ship. They had to do the networking because they had to do the star calculations for the next jump. Oh yeah, the previous episode where yeah. they went to different um, jump coordinates because they hadn't been passed out by. Um, I don't say Gaius, but it wasn't Gaius, was it? Um, no, it was Gita. Gita, yeah. Gita, that's his name. Yeah, Gita, yeah. Which is the god that gets airlocked, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, despite his best attempts at five firewalls, he then announces that it made copies of itself, uh, and the look on the uh, temporary CEO's face is priceless. It's like, yeah, told you so. so the thing is, what happens when you use Norton? This is true. This is true. I, I've always been good with Norton. 
Right. <laughs> my, my, when my laptop went down uh, early in the week and I phoned up uh, the helpline and he says, before we start, you're not using Norton, are you? That was the first thing out of his mouth. And I went, no, why? He says, oh, we have so many problems with Norton. He said, that's okay. Then. That's the one thing that I've never had problems with. Yeah. Don't worry, folks, we're not sponsored by any <laughs> thing like that. So. But if Norton do want to sponsor us, you know, we can change our mind. <laughs> <laughs> not now they won't. <laughs> not now they won't, no, no. Anyway, anyone from McAfee's listening? Well, McAfee uh, was uh, the second firewall. Yeah, yeah. McAfee, yeah. <laughs> McAfee, AVG, anyone, you know, from them companies wants to sponsor us, you know, feel free. Um, we'll chuck priority one in as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so that's the second thing. And then on the planet, uh, with Cobol, not Caprica, we'll get to Caprica in a minute. On Cobol, we have um, them trying to get back with the med kit while also wrestling with the fact that they've lost someone, while also wrestling with the fact that they're probably still being chased by Silence. Yeah. And then on Caprica, we've got Starbuck and Hilo, um, which is, to all intents and purposes, is the D-plot. Uh, and we go to see uh, Starbuck's wonderful apartment, shall we say. And her paintings. Yeah, that big painting on the wall, that circular painting. It's the supernova, right? That's uh, yeah, which, foreshadowing which, the supernova. Yeah, and the paintings, some of the paintings that uh, Hilo flicks through on the floor, that foreshadowing as well. So this just is another fine. one of those things where they're, where they're planting a thread to pull later. Yeah, you just wonder where they started on the planning for this because, yeah, to plant something like that so early on um, is one of the things I like about the new Doctor Who that's out is that they do have threads. It's a bit like um, when Billy Piper was in it, the bad wolf thing. They had that all the way through the series. Just little things that always related to some sort of bad wolf in some sort of way, whether it was like a Welsh term being said or <laughs> something strange. Um, but yeah, it's just very, very clever. And you just think how many of these things sometimes don't make it or get lost in sort of editing and yeah. yeah, a lot of them yeah. you don't even notice until you watch it a second time. Mostly. Yeah. Well, I didn't notice the paintings until I did watch it a second time. It's just like, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you look through, it's just like, damn, that's like another season away yet. <laughs> yeah, the other thing is in Starbucks room is we, we get to hear what uh, her dad's piano music. Yeah. Which uh, we... I looked it up and it's played by Philip Glass and it's from his album Solo Piano. Um, but she says, it, obviously she says it's a father. And it's a beautiful piece of music. Um, and it also, it, it gives you another side of Starbuck that this is what her dad did. And he actually says there's no way that's you and she says, no, it's my father. Yeah. But to be honest, the first time I watched the episode, I thought he was referring to the painting, not the music. Because there's a painting in the background with this dark, big, sort of, male figure and I actually thought she, um, he was actually referring to the person in the painting oh right now I always thought he meant the music I did it might have been it, it doesn't really make it clear was her dad a painter too well we never find out about her dad we know do her we? dad was a musician because he yeah. taught her stuff on the piano yeah that's yeah. that's why when he says that's not you that, and she said that's my dad that's why I went down a musician thing but it does actually say on IMDb, it does actually say that the, the song she attributes to her father 
is Metamorphosis 5 from Philip Blassie's album Solo Piano. Yeah, it was only when I did my rewatch of it the first time that I suddenly thought, maybe it's not the painting, it is the music, because of course of what happens later on with her and the piano um, in season four, part two, that it's just like, ah, maybe it's not the painting, because until that point I thought maybe, because we know her mum was sort of a very, very strong character that in a way almost sort of bullied her. Um, that maybe her dad was also sort of overbearing and sort of thing, which why sort of Starbucks sort of so disconnected. So that was the first thing that I thought of when I very first watched the episode. Ah, maybe he painted and played. Mm-hmm. Probably not <laughs> the only know. one that thought that, now that I think about it. Because we, we all know now that her dad was a musician, but maybe if you're first watching that episode, you don't. You might not know that. Yeah. A dad might have painted a piano. There you <laughs> go. Solved it all up in one go. But Kara so, had such a hard life. Oh, The way no. she described things. She didn't have any money. She didn't have any food. She didn't have money to pay the electricity bills. <laughs> yeah. How did you get that to work? Batteries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you could tell we... she didn't pay the electricity bills when you opened the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> but then they've been on that planet for how many months now? Why... Why would you ever open a fridge? <laughs> because all the power's been out everywhere for a long time. <laughs> he was hoping the since it, he was hoping the cold was still insulated in the fridge, and that you know maybe you know, nobody yeah. had opened it, so you know maybe there's still a good piece of ham in there. <laughs> and he's also seen Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, and he knows a fridge can survive a nuclear blast. Mm-hmm. So it stands to reason whatever's inside the fridge is fine. Although if, if Harrison Ford had popped out, that would have been hysterical. Her so, truck still ran though. Yeah, the truck still ran. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's. I always like the fact that American engineering and design has made it to far off planets. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even a truck. That was like a. Military. It was a Humvee. Yeah. It was a Humvee. Yeah. yeah. So I, that's what I, when I watched it, I thought, oh god, the man who invented the Humvee must be wanking it. <laughs> <laughs> He's even selling it to far off colonies. Go him. But yeah, but I, I'm not surprised that Starbucks um, vehicle of choice is a big Humber, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else am I saying? Oh, yeah. So to get to the episode itself and dissect it, we've got the silence on the episode, which in the, in the first act. We've got them going down and we find out that a normal gun, because we have the bit where Apollo comes face to face with the Cylon, we have the, their normal sidearm makes no effect to a centurion at all which shocked me because they've been fighting these people for such a long time you'd think your weapon of choice would be to kill silence yeah it's true plus they've engaged them before and the thing is is they also engage them in other episodes with the same weapons and they are effective so they sort of forgot about that it's because it's all where you aim uh, yeah Shoot for the head. Always go for the head. <laughs> well, that's your section in there <laughs> where it's like headshots only, <laughs> and they still don't actually go for the head, do they? Because <laughs> like, oh. yeah, they have to go and find um, some explosive rounds which have magical abilities of being arranged neatly in the container and then a complete mess and then back again. I did not notice that. Is that what really happens? Yeah, there's a shot. They're all a mess. 
Next shot, they're all lined up. Next shot, they're all a mess again. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go back and look at that. But there's no cameraman this time. The <laughs> there's no cameraman this time. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, there's been a cameraman about two episodes. So, they, so they're compensated by having moving gun gun uh, ammunition. Yeah, <laughs> I did not notice the bullets moving around. I'll have to look at that. <laughs> I love the part where the president's locked behind the prison bars, and she hears the gunshots. She's like, "Let me out!" And the guard's like, "No, I can't do that." Let me out now. I don't intend to be shot in here like a rat in a cage. And then they give her, they try to give her a gun, and then she's like, No, I can't. That confused <laughs> me so much. Yeah, that, I didn't that, know that, that she, big. yeah. She'll, she'll let her PA hold a gun who hasn't held a gun since he was 10 years old and probably shoot himself in the foot. But no, I don't want one. I just don't want to die in there. I don't know, that confused me when she didn't take the gun. I mean, I understand if she doesn't want to kill people, but these are Cylons. No, but she has another way of kind of, of survival, and that's taking command. I mean, even even just look at the way that she would talk to that one soldier, right? It's, it's hey, wake up, wake up. The soldier is frazzled, he's, he's tense, he can't focus, but she manages to pull him back in. Right, so she's really in charge. She doesn't know the ship, but she's calling the shots. Yeah, it's it's like when she, she always has had that. She's always had that that personality about her. Yeah, it's like when with Corporal Vanilla when they go down and she, we can't go this way. You, Corporal, you need to find us another way. She, she's always keeping them going. She's not saying a lot, but what she's saying is the right thing to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, but like that one episode towards the end of the series, and she's on the Cylon ship and she's talking to. The other side, because they split up. I think she's talking to... I forget who she's talking to, but she's with the sixes, and she's, like, the Cylons split into two different directions, and one's on the Cylon ship, and the other one's... Oh, uh, the, the, yeah, the Cylon Civil War, yeah. Yeah, and she's like, I'm gonna use every bomb, every weapon... Oh, yeah. ...to end you! And <laughs> it's, like, gave me chills. Yeah, yeah, she's got that something about her. Spoiler alert. Um. <laughs> you mean to tell me there are people that have not watched this? No, no we, we did an announcement. People have not watched Battlestar Gal- Table flip! I'm out of here! Yeah. <laughs> There's no way you're getting your QMX cup. <laughs> no, we did an announcement way back when uh, saying that we're, we're working on the assumption that you've watched the entire series. So if you haven't, don't listen. Uh, and no one's told us not to, so we'll, we'll think we're okay on that score. Unless the people who, who don't listen don't tell us. But there we go. Um, what was the other thing I was going to mention? Oh, that was it, yeah. Um, the, the armoury, the electronic lock doesn't work, so you can just open it by winding the wheel. Well, there's another <laughs> thing there. Why is there a, a an electronic lock there that can easily be hacked by a Cylon? Every, I thought everything on that ship was supposed to be analog. So I'm thinking there's like one of those, you know, master lock combinations where, you know, one to the right, two to the left, one to the right again, you know, like a, like an old safe. Well, it's a keypad. Or spin the wheel. So it doesn't mean that it's networked in a way because you can get sort of like now door combinations with buttons, um, but it you may not be networked those? or anything else yeah but clearly all you have to do is pull the keypad away so there's no power going to it anymore then you can open the door uh, true. yeah you know so the fact that, it's, the fact that it's a nine nine digit keypad with multiple combinations is muted by the fact that just disconnect the mines just spin that wheel 
Yeah, sorted. You know, <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Yeah, this is the armorer where all the high explosive equipment is, and all you got to do is wind the wheel. So, the way I explain that is, you'd got um, that engineer um, who was in there was that before the power went out, he was, or somebody was already in there because they'd already said that people had cleaned it out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it was just it didn't relock because the power wasn't there. That's that's true. Yeah, but he didn't know he was in there. No, but other people had already been in there because when they went no, to find what the I'm explosive Apollo, shells, Apollo didn't know they was in there, so he just he, he just oh the lock's dead. I'll just wind the handle. True. Yeah. So he didn't know they was in there until he opened the door. So that yeah, so that was a bit weird. <laughs> Especially when you think of previous episodes where they've had a security breach and someone got what is effectively C four at the armorer. So, which was uh, which we know now was Sharon Marqua. Uma. Boom, yeah. So that's while that's all going on. Anyway, uh, we switch to Colwall, where Gaius is having another one of his moments, um, and he sees the commander basically drowning his his baby, or what he believes to be his baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he believes to be his baby. With uh, his imaginary friend. Because he's talking to six. Yeah, and he still hasn't been sectioned. <laughs> but she delivers that famous line. All of this will happen before. All of this has happened before, and it will happen again. Yeah, and also the bit where she says it's when we want to be a Terminator when he says it's in your nature to destroy yourselves. When she says your barbaric nature has always, you know, you you just you will destroy yourselves. You've destroyed yourselves before. You'll destroy yourselves again. That's right. That was really telling. And then and that's when he finds out that the scriptures are all a lie to cover up the previous manifestations of the human race. So what do you guys think the, the significance of the baby is? Well, well when I watched what... it the first time, I thought the baby was uh, the rebirth of the human race. It was like uh, a metaphor for that when I watched it the first time. When I watched it the second time, obviously you've got the, the, the benefit of hindsight. But I still didn't think that it would be Gaius's baby. The first time I watched it, I thought it was to do with Boomer's child. Yeah. Because we already knew at this point she was pregnant. Yeah, I thought that too. So I thought that was connected and I thought, okay, they're finally going to be getting um, off Caprica. So what you're saying is I'm thinking too deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I'll watch 2001. What can I say? <laughs> what about you, Elijah? What did you think? For, for the baby? Yeah. yeah. I, you see, I don't. That was one of those things. I was like, man, I wish I would have watched season one and, you know, for the beginning because I know that Gaius never has the child, right? The, that Caprica. Is it Caprica 6 or it's the other cat? It's Caprica 6 has the baby. It is. Um, um, no. um, it's uh, Boomer that has the baby. And Boomer, yeah. But and 6 so, also had. Almost had a baby. Was pregnant. Yeah, died. she was pregnant. Um, so I can't. I don't remember what. I mean, I can. I remember that you know when Boomer has the child, there's a big you know, oh my gosh, Boomer has a child, a Cylon child, and we have to. What do we do with the Cylon child? Do we kill it? Do we do we let it live? Um, so I think that in this part of the the series, we're at that. Okay, we're gonna somebody's gonna kill the baby. You know, they're they're afraid of the child, and so that's his concern the whole time. And Gaius, being Gaius, uh, you know, is is taking ownership of the child. Um, in terms of the meaning of the child, 
um, I always thought of it like towards at the end of the series of the whole entire series. Um, you know, the the end, the the season finale or series finale kind of describes that child as being that 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 missing link between the Neanderthals and then Homo sapiens. If I'm not mistaken, if I, it's it's that it's that it it is because of this child that that the human race was able to evolve into what it is now, quote unquote, because we are now, you know, we are that it's it just it it all happened before and it all happened it'll happen again. So right we're on that it'll happen again phase. Um I like that. So basically anthropology speaking, she's Lucy. Yes, yeah, she's Lucy. Yeah. I like that. She's Lucy. And so that this whole story, this whole Battlestar Galactica story happened in our past. Yeah. Well yeah, that, know, so. that gets established in the very last episode. Yeah. So um I think you know it's I it's an interesting concept, you know. But um you know we're all we're all a little bit robot, I guess. Yeah. Me more Some more than most. others, like Yeah, yeah. Like Steve. <laughs> that would explain why Steve doesn't sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steve's a fracking toaster. <laughs> <laughs> By your command. Yeah, but you don't say that to the wife, do you? Mm, sometimes. Oh well. Right. <laughs> So, the other the other harrowing thing that happens on Cobalt is when they realise they can't save. Um, can't remember his name. I don't, oh. yeah, I don't remember his name. I can't remember his name. Anyway, they realise they can't save him, and basically they're going to give him a morphine overdose. Yeah, put, Tyrrell put gets back with Callie <laughs> with all the meds, and yeah, it's not worth giving it to him now. <laughs> yeah, actually, when I saw them. When I saw her say that it's too late, he's not going to make it. Part of me was like, oh God, they're not going to shoot him, are they? Because that would be so... And I'm so glad that they didn't shoot him. Because we knew that they were going to put him out of his misery, but I just wasn't sure how they were going to do it. And then they ended up giving him the the meds instead. So I thought that was good. I did like the way that Tyrrell goes, LT. Like, don't we can't not help him. And it's just like, is your crew. You decide. <laughs> just... Once again, passing the buck because he has absolutely no idea what he's doing. He's just so out of his depth. Yeah, Crashdown is quite possibly the worst commanding officer in the entire fleet. <laughs> now that's the same guy that Chloe Dykstra's dating right now, right? Who's Chloe? <laughs> okay, um, okay. so Google Chloe Dykstra's boyfriend, and that's the same guy. I, I noticed him, I was like, hey, that's Chloe Dykstra. Okay, so how many of us are actually Googling? <laughs> I'm, I'm not Googling it at all, to be honest. <laughs> oh, well, there's several boyfriends, so... Okay, the most recent one. <laughs> She's a popular girl. Yeah, um... So you basically, you put that in and Google said which one. <laughs> I'm going to find his name eventually. But that's who that is. I noticed him. I was like, hey, that's who that is. Someone's going to listen and know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen you know, Alex Cortero. Is that right? Alex Cortero. He's in like some kind of either vampire show or some kind of show that's popular right now. And I don't know what it is because I don't watch it. But that's okay. Uh, I'll let you know. No, that's his, that's, no, I mean, that's his... Alex, I'm just I was talking out loud. Alex Cortero, that's his name. So I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Yeah, he's played by Samuel... Whitware. Yes, that's who it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's really popular right now. Okay. Huh? There you go, Dude, folks. Really? Why? Because he's actor. hot, I guess. I mean, he's not my type, but a lot of people like him right now. This episode of Fraxstar is brought to you by the E! News Network. <laughs> <laughs> and it's weird to see him in things that he did before he got famous, which is this episode and the next one. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, is. He plays a lot of douchebags in Battlestar Galagola, mate. Yeah, he was totally. But yeah, it's, it's just, he passes the book so much on this planet and makes so many bad decisions. It's how he held onto the rank of lieutenant is it's beyond me, but there you go. I suppose he doesn't really matter when he's back on the ship because he's a Rio, you know. So. It's, it's probably why he was posted to Galactica anyway, because it was a duff posting because it was being decommissioned. Yeah, it was 40 years old, weren't it? So. It's just like <laughs> the higher ups went, yeah, where can we just. <laughs> Get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, we'll just give him to Adama. <laughs> so, um, aft damage control has to be preserved. Uh, was anyone else thinking Scottish will be down there? Or was that just me? No. <laughs> because no. there's various episodes in, in the original series where they go to auxiliary control. The only thing I was really thinking about was this, was how this was like the one of the very few times where Kai was actually confident in what was happening. He knew what was going on because he'd seen the same tactics before. He was just like, right, they're going to do this, 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 and this. You know why, right? Because he's like Picard. So he heard the Cylon's plan in his head subconsciously and knew where to go. I can them. still hear their song. I can still hear them. But to get rid of them, all he needed was a holodeck. Mm-hmm. And a nice suit. Don't forget the nice suit. So, yeah, and I, I, it, but it's it's he's actually been a commander for a change. Yes. So for was, a short time, and then he messes things up. Yeah, then he messes things up. Yeah, because <laughs> Peter Bean. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, and Apollo uh, does pull him up at the end by saying, "This isn't your ship." He goes, "It's not my ship. It's not you. Definitely not your ship." <laughs> when the old man comes to. He'll decide what will become of us. <laughs> but I did, I did think that um, the firefight was very realistic in the way that the actors portrayed it. Because the one guy's absolutely bricking it because he's not a combat officer. Oh, is this the one that shouts Jesus, even though Jesus wouldn't have actually been born yet? Yeah, even though they wouldn't know who Jesus was. <laughs> that is so funny. I didn't notice that. Oh, they do that a couple of times um, within the entire series, at least. <laughs> Even though they wouldn't have a clue who Jesus is. Yeah, because if but, Jesus was ever born, then yeah, he wouldn't have been born for thousands of years to come. So it's just like <laughs> I never noticed that. That's funny. That's funny. <clears throat> and if you want to send your theological hate mail to Steve, then please do so. So <laughs> if Jesus is ever born. Okay. Um... <laughs> My question is, you know how Dee was like, you might want to turn the safety back on. <laughs> um, yeah. and that's what makes him shoot the gun which makes the Cylons turn around and shoot so if D which actually, wouldn't which have actually said helped anything them. but that actually helped, helped him. him yeah because they had the backs to him and that's when they had the fire <laughs> yeah though Apollo's like why have they stopped <laughs> but they could have like... gotten shot there were some I mean, um, the president president um, Roswell right Roswell. yeah Roswell. Like, oh, Roslyn, not Roslyn's Roswell. Roswell. I'm getting confused with it. No, Roswell's where the aliens landed. <laughs> yeah, 
He had two bullet holes like right next to her side in her shirt. I don't know. It was too risky for me. The lords are surely successful. watching over her. <laughs> That's why he called Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, yeah she... but it was, and he was. Cat uh, got me in this as well because Cat later on is really, really, really self-confident as she grows more and more in, in her knowledge of what she can and can't do. So it was interesting in this one to see her uh, before she gains that confidence, before she becomes like Starbucks arch rival. It was nice to see her behind the boxes with everyone else thinking, I'm going to die. Yeah. It is, it is, of course, she was within that group, of course, of the pilots. So I suppose it shows at the beginning um, when Apollo goes, Cat, you're with me. She's like, uh, yes, sir, because she's just still in sort of shock <laughs> um, after sort of being surprised by the Cylons that stuck up on him. And... But yeah, she sort of stays in that sort of frame of mind sort of thing, still sort of not sure what's happening, what to do. Yeah, it's good with a series like this how you get to see a lot of these characters develop. Whereas with a lot of other TV series, is you see a character and they just like never appear again, or if they do half the time, they're nowhere near what they were at all. And it's good that so many secondary characters got as much growth as they did in a show like this. Yeah, and it's also unusual because uh, in most TV series the character is set from day one, and it only seems to be in, in science fiction where the characters can grow and develop because they are going to have long story arcs. You know, if you, you not just Battlestar Galactica, Star Trek, Babylon Five, Stargate, they all all the characters grow and change over the course of the series. So yay for sci-fi. Mm-hmm. So and the other thing we have. As we've already mentioned, is we have the wrap up at the end where um, Apollo does his little speech and Ty locks the president back up, <laughs> which amazed me. He's like, Apollo's just literally just saved the ship by you know, standing firm on auxiliary control. And Ty just turns around and says, Yeah, thanks for doing that. By the way, you're still suspended. The thing is, is. It's in his character. He doesn't want to make the big decisions. So he's stuck with a decision that was made after the, um, him going in um, with the president. But he could at least have thanked him. Yeah, he ended up scolding him, pretty much. He was, like, scolding him for the, taking the president's side over his dad's. Yeah. Never mind the fact that you just saved basically the fleet. By the way, you still picked the wrong side, you know? It's just, I'm thinking, really? You know? But yeah, I just like the final remark, which was, thank the gods I didn't have kids or something. <laughs> yeah. That northern accent of his, the Canadian accent. Not that Canada existed, but we all know he's an actor from Canada. So. Yeah. He refuses to say how old he is. Really? Yeah, he won't. Doesn't even say on IMDb or anything? Doesn't, no, doesn't say anywhere. He refuses to give his age. He said age shouldn't be relevant to an actor or trainer part. So he refuses to give his age. So, which is a valid claim, but you know, basically, if you if you are an actor, you're only going to play parts that you can work around in your age group. So, I don't really see what the thing about keeping your age secret is, but there you go. I want to know even more. <laughs> I wouldn't have cared before, but now I really. Want now to you want to know? You can start digging now. <laughs> I'm going to. You can start digging. <laughs> so, and then it all wraps up. Basically, we've got 
um, Starbuck and Hilo racing off in a Humvee. Uh, we've got the president back in the cell. Uh, Cobol is basically the, the away team, as shall we call them. He's losing people at a rate of nuts. Um, and on with the next episode. So, any final thoughts? I really don't like Starbuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she's not my favorite either, actually. She no. was. She's not among my favorite actor characters. It just, it, you know, I didn't like her ever, and like this episode, I'm like, yep. Now I know why. I remember why now. It's just she's so she's, she's so over the top. Like they've tried to make her such a. They went way too far in trying to make her this this bulletproof, but you know, really fragile. You know, I'm really mean, but that's because I'm hiding a soft interior kind of. It just. Shut up. <laughs> what part of the episode made you feel that way? I mean, the one where Hilo turns around to her and is like, is like, I'm an idiot. I'm a fracking idiot. Is that what you want me to say? And she's like, is that what you want to say? I'm like, shut up. No, she says you're a fracking idiot to him. That, at to be the fair, end, that's because, what I would have said. <laughs> because she's because she, he turns around and is like, is that what you want to hear? He's like, is that what you want to say? All right, fine. You're a fracking idiot. Like, just come on. Come on. <laughs> I love your Starbucks voice, Elijah. Come on. <laughs> that's the same voice as his inner head voice, too. No, no, that's a different voice. Yes. Sounds just like that. <laughs> no, he's, he's in a head. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean. I felt the same way. I don't relate to her. She's not relatable to me. Um, I don't know if she's relatable to anyone, but I'm sure there's somebody out there that loves her. But for me, it's not. I don't know. She's not fun to listen to. Like, she's not... It's, there's a difference between a strong female character and then yeah. Starbuck. Like, President Roslyn, strong yes. female character. Yes. Starbuck, shut up. <laughs> like, I just... I'm, I was so over it. so much and then, hate. And then at the end, <laughs> and then the whole, the whole series wrap with her just was... Whew. I don't want to get into that, because we're, only, we're I, only on episode two, season two. There were some parts I really liked, though, that right. she did. I mean, there are some. Some yeah, of my she, favorite yeah, parts some. of the series involved her and <laughs> playing the piano. <clears throat> oh, yeah, but that's all the way towards the end, though. I know, but... But she's just like... It, it was... They pushed that character way... It's just so... It, it was so extreme that it was just annoying. Yeah. Is that what you want to call it? Is, is that what you want to hear? That you're an idiot? Well, you're a franking idiot? Just... Come on, I didn't you enjoy got watching her play. Po I don't enjoy watching her play poker. That's annoying for me. I'd say Holy watching Volta play poker is more annoying than um, Grace. <laughs> well, I did find out how um, Michael Hogan's um, birth year. Oh, go on, Nick. Did I did? How Just old is he? Cookie. 1949. Well, how old where is where he? did you find that? <laughs> NMDB. NMDB. NMDB, yep. <laughs> is, is that like is that like the B version or what? Um, well, their little tagline is tracking the entire world. <laughs> oh, it's a sort of um, okay. So that may or may not be accurate then. <laughs> um, from what I can tell, um, it actually says executive summary, um, Colonel Soltai on Battlestar Galactica. So, um, it sort of tracks people and sort of a bit like um, sort of a lot of other databases do. They sort of. Um, 66. 
So when they filmed this, because this was 2000 and... Was it, so it was released in 2000. And, so they would have filmed this about 2004, probably. So he would have been in his 50s. 55. I yeah. have a calculator right now doing Go this. you! <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, NNDB is a mapping tool between like family relations and um, TVs, movies, corporate boards, political alliances and stuff. It sort of maps it all together. So... Well, while you've been talking, I've been looking up about the, the bullets killing them in some episodes and not in the other episode. And I found a quote from Bradley Thompson. And Bradley Thompson says, uh, Bradley Thompson exactly wrote this episode, by the way. Uh, Centurions are constantly being upgraded. New ones come out with better armor, quieter servos, better battle software, and are designed for individual or specific uses. Not to mention that the, the Colonials have remarkably bright backyard engineers. So they've been hot-loading small rounds, coming up with better armor-piercing projectiles, and so on. It's an ebb and flow which is constant in any wartime technology. You're constantly adapting to your enemy. So, there you go. Yeah, and when they when they did their little... When they all got on the ship, they were not expecting to be fighting Cylons, either. They were just doing, like, a farewell to Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, so I suppose you could... You could draw the conclusion that because they came in in a heavy raider, these are heavy-duty centurions. So, they are tanks. There you go. So, that would, that's, that's, his, that's his reasoning behind how normal bullets didn't affect these particular centurions. Well, to wrap it up, um, the only last thing I want to mention is, um, you know, there's always that little sort of cartoony thing at the end. I did like this week's one. Um, it's all with the centurions outside the window putting the bullets through one of the executive producers. I I always I didn't I never liked those little things. <laughs> I never liked them. They were always so bloody. <laughs> That's what I loved about them. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh my god. Sometimes they were okay and sometimes they were like, dang. Do you gotta remember that cookie that Steve's a, a silent. So he locks the blood on the human speed. Okay. So there you go. Because he's a toaster. <laughs> well, this was fun, guys. It was. Um, and next up episode, folks, which will be in, hopefully, two weeks' time. <laughs> I say hopefully because we've had a few issues lately. Uh, we'll be fragged. Indeed. Not fracked. Fragged. <laughs> so, which is um, basically a political episode. Oh, boy. Um <laughs> That was always a struggle. There you go. So, thank you for coming on the show, Elijah and Cookie. So, would you, you like to tell us. people where they can find your um, particular podcast? Absolutely. Our particular podcast can be found at PriorityOnePodcast.com. You can listen to the live recordings of our episodes on Thursday nights at around uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Thursday nights at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash live. Uh, and you can... Uh, Download our episodes every Monday morning by pointing whatever feed or podcast catcher you have to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. And Twitter at, at STOPriorityOne. Mm-hmm. Do you two have individual Twitter accounts? Mm-hmm. Mine's at Cookie Cupcakes. And I'm at P1 Elijah. There you go, folks. Uh, and as we said, it's a Star Trek Online podcast, but 
just a bit like we do. They kind of go off on different tangents. So it's not necessarily all about Star Trek Online. So do give it a listen because it is very entertaining. Um, and it does get a bit, what's the word? Mayhem? <laughs> on Thursday nights, yeah, yeah, on Thursday yeah. nights. And then our, our, our Monday shows are very, uh, are edited polished. down to and, and polished. <laughs> yeah, we'll use the word polished. It's um, a very long process. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so, so if you uh, want to get the raw version listen live yes listen live or you can subscribe to us via patreon and for ten dollars a month you will get every week's live unedited uh recording nice plug it's mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> almost as if he's done it before <laughs> he's done it before he'll do it again well gentlemen thanks so much for having us we really appreciate it we uh it's it's been fun i love talking about battlestar it's been a pleasure. Uh, it's been great having you on, and I hope both of you will consider coming back again. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Steve, where can I find you when you're not being a podcast whore? Um, they can find me at Midnight Shadow 7. That's night spelt N-I-T-E and the number 7. There you go, folks. And as always, folks, you can find the podcast not only on the Honor Suite Media, you can find us on Stitcher, uh, iTunes, and just like it, I just said, point your podcast catcher in the right direction and you'll find us in a plethora of places. You can also follow Holosuite Media on Twitter, Google, and Facebook. You can follow me on Google and Facebook at CLLMH01. And if you are a Star Trek Online player, then I would recommend if you are on Google+, Plus that you go to the Star Trek Online discussion group there because we have a varied discussion about ship builds and designs and stuff like that. It's really good. And Russell from Jupiter Force is very active on Google Plus and the Star Trek Online community. Uh, and as always, if you do want to help out Holosuite Media, then go to the Holosuite Media website. On the right-hand side of the page, you can find a tip jar. So you can help run the network and bring us the plethora of shows that we bring out. So until the next episode, which will be in two weeks' time, thanks for listening, thanks for downloading, and we'll speak to you soon. Take care, everyone.